Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hello, beautiful lights. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show on Transformation Talk Radio. I will be guest hosting the show today. My name is Kimberly Barrett. I'm from the Sharing Love and Light show on Transformation Talk Radio. If you're listening on Facebook Live or watching this on YouTube, please click like and subscribe buttons. Oh, and please leave us a comment so we know you are here. Um, I know we're also on radio. I have a wonderful guest with me today. She is so amazing. She will be sharing her love and light with us about how to take the stigma out of mental health. So my guest today is a licensed clinical social worker with more than 25 years of social work experience. She is a nationally certified dialectical behavioral therapist. She's also considered an expert in her field. She is the creator, owner, and CEO of the Middle Path and Company and a board member of the East Tennessee Mental Health Association. So welcome, Hope Renault. Hey, Cam. So happy to be here with you today. I am so excited to have you on here. I have been wanting to interview you for so long. <laughs> right. So we were talking a little earlier about what is the need for mental health right now? Why would we even need to care? Yeah, I mean... Where do you even begin with how things have been just in this past almost two years, right, for our, for our whole world and how people have been uh, influenced with the pandemic? And what we have seen is that the need for mental health treatment has absolutely skyrocketed. And I think it's fair to say, unfortunately, that we all are living in a new normal and that we all have experienced some level of trauma um, from this pandemic. And so when you put that with people who were initially struggling with any mental health issues, unfortunately that exasperated um, how they were feeling. And then the, the awakening has come that people who have never experienced depression or anxiety before started to experience it. And I had even friends of mine calling me up and saying, now I understand what depression is. Now I understand what anxiety is. I never had it before and I'm feeling all of this. And so it's really woken people up to being far more sensitive and connected to mental health issues. And what do you think the stigmas and blocks are to actually getting the help that people need? What have you noticed in your experience that kind of keeps people from actually reaching out and getting help? Unfortunately, I think there's still the idea of this weakness that is out there. And of course, we see it across different cultures as well. Um, but this weakness, um, I should just you know, be able to handle it. Like these are really old messages that we've heard from our families when we were growing up. And we now we recognize it as not being validated, right? Like during your emotions, if you were feeling a certain way and you were told, hey, just, you know, put a smile on your face and go about your business, those emotions were never validated. And so, that has continued onto the current generation, though I do see a lot changing with our younger generation. Starting to change. Yeah. And I love what you're saying because I was working with a nurse who was already stressed out. She worked the ICU, I believe, before the pandemic even hit. Wow. And so she was not getting the mental health services that she needed prior to it hitting and then finally sought out help you know, after completely 
you know, falling apart basically and finding out she needed help. And it's, it's exactly what I heard you say that, that people think that it's a weakness to have to ask for help, or it's a weakness to just feel your feelings that you're supposed to push through everything. And we're finding that push through doesn't work anymore, you know, like it works to a certain extent, but it doesn't work anymore. And I love that you mentioned adolescence. I know that, um, your, your treatment that, that you're offering at the middle path works with adolescents. So talk to me about their experience and how they are. Yeah. So there has been such an increase in the needs for um, adolescents that we were actually able to offer a variety of groups. So broken down into ages 11 to 13 in one group, which is a, which is a nice developmental level for them. And then what we found last year when the um, pandemic had started that, you know, kids that were going into high school as freshmen, these 14 year olds, Mm -hmm. they had this high expectation of my freshman year, like this is going to be incredible. And then wham, you know, school shut down the video classrooms, as we all know about you know, it really was difficult for them. So we were able to see the community had that need. So we were able to um, group the 14 and 15 year olds together in one group and then 16 to 18 year olds. So those 18 year olds, even though they're adults, they were still in high school. So Mm -hmm. we were able to kind of create those three groups, but the need is so strong still and they were very isolated. We know that teens are social creatures and they were so isolated with the video being home, parents not letting kids get together. So it was really difficult for the kids last year and continues yeah. to. And you've been able to break through those barriers and, and be able to reach out to people. Um, so you're talking about really noticing a lot of the... Um, what's coming up for people, the anxiety, the stress, the depression. And we think we're just supposed to kind of push through it and, and act like it doesn't exist. And, and I know that we just talked about, or at least when I introduced you that it's dialectical behavioral therapy that you've been offering to the world, which I just call you the queen of dialectical behavioral therapy. If you don't know what that is, Hope, do you want to explain Marsha Linehan and the dialectical behavioral therapy and what makes it so special? Sure. So um, dialectical behavior therapy was created by Dr. Marsha Linehan. um, And she has a great book out about her life called Building a Life Worth Living. And she talks about her experiences in... um, a mental health facility when she was younger and how people were really trying to give her what they could to help her, but nothing was really working for her. So she ended up um, coming out of the hospital system, became a psychologist and created dialectical behavior therapy, which really is a therapy that she feels would have worked for her if she had received that treatment earlier. So it is a Um, incredible mix of a variety of treatments from the East and West, because we need to be balanced by having both East and West treatments and a lot of meditation and mindfulness, which has become very popular over the last few years. I'm so happy. Amazing to watch that, right? We're going to get ready to go on a break soon, but I, I love to leave on that note, mindfulness. Okay. Right. That that she brought mindfulness into therapy, which I think is really amazing. And, and that was like a huge difference, right? To bring that mindfulness in along with everything else. Yeah. What's your experience with bringing the mindfulness in with clients? Uh, well, for myself and clients, it's life-changing. Being able to feel control over your mind and be able to be settled in the present moment is extremely powerful because the power is in the moment. It's right here, right now. We've been talking a lot about that. Yeah, that the power is in being able to come back to right now. And I was thinking about the fears of the future that we're not afraid of the unknown. 
Everyone thinks we're afraid of the unknown and afraid of what's going to happen. But when you think about mindfulness, what we're really afraid of in our minds is what we think we know is going to happen in the future. <laughs> right. We it think- hasn't happened yet. Just because it's a thought doesn't mean that that's real. Yeah, just because it's a thought doesn't, but it feels so real when you're having the thought. Yeah, yeah. We can go down that rabbit hole very quickly. Absolutely. What DBT does, it teaches you how to stop that journey down the rabbit hole. So And and find your way into what they call the wise mind, right? Being in your wise mind instead of being run by your emotions, which is what I've noticed since the pandemic, that it's hard not to be in the emotion mind a lot of the times. And it's hard not to go future tripping. I call it future tripping, going into the into the future negatively or feeling stressed about things. Um, you know, how do you manage that? And, and that's where I'm hearing mindfulness and the dialectical behavioral therapy help with those type of things, right? Mm-hmm. And then taking the stigma out of mental health that, you know, it's this stigma that if I go see a therapist, something's wrong with me. Right. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you just might need some help in navigating just the current situation or whatever it is that's going on, right? Right. And, and being able to help people. And I know I have families out there listening as well. How do we help our loved ones ask for help and things like that? So we're going to get into that in just a minute. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We will see you soon. Who taught you or your kids how to handle stress? That's right. No one. I'm combat veteran Deb Lewis, and I'm on a mission to change that. My new children's book, Why is Pono Not Pono Today, is set in Hawaii. Lovable characters, Pono the Bull and his friend Kuleana, show us how a stressful situation ends happily. Look closer to reveal powerful ways to handle all types of stress. Start loving your stress-filled life today. Go to mentallytoughwomen.com. Is your life stressful and unfulfilling? Would you like to make changes, but you don't know how? Hi, I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show. I'd like to recommend The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. This is a memoir with questions to help you change your story and live a life that's more pleasing to you. For more information or to purchase this fabulous book, please go to TransformationTalkRadio.com or go to CarlGreer.com. Join Jennifer Noel Taylor on the hit show, Quantum Touch Radio, supercharging your life on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You'll take a quantum journey as well as reveal powerful yet simple steps to create more abundance, better health, emotional and mental vibrancy and happier relationships using universal quantum touch principles. For more information, visit QuantumTouch.com. Did you know that each Enneagram type has a different worldview, different patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving? They also have essential qualities that are unique to their type. Understanding this helps us develop more tolerance, respect, and appreciation for ourselves and others. Renee Siegel works with individuals, couples, families, and groups using the Enneagram to build better relationships as a tool in addiction recovery. Visit URPurePotential.com for more info. Can you truly say that you know and love yourself? Corny Cottrell is an author, speaker, and 21-year active duty Master Chief with the U.S. Navy, here to encourage you to take back your power and live your life with intention and purpose. Tune in to Unapologetically Favored every fourth Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Walk in your purpose. Visit unapologeticallyfavored.com to learn more about Courtney. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show on Transformation Talk Radio. Again, I am Kimberly Barrett, your guest host from the Sharing Love and Light Show on Transformation Talk Radio. Before we get back to the interview, I want to make sure you know how to reach me. You can go to my website and check it out at sharingloveandlightshow.com. And you can also reach my guest, Hope Renault, LCSW, through the website, www.themiddlepath.life. So we are back with Hope Renault. We're talking about 
how to take that stigma out of mental health. We're also talking about one of my favorite topics, which is dialectical behavioral therapy and mindfulness. So Hope, tell us your story on how you got into dialectical behavioral therapy and mental health. Sure. So it really started back when I was living in Southern California where, uh, <laughs> do you need to say more? There's a lot of um, things that begin in California and kind of move towards the East. So I have been involved with um, yoga and meditation and had taken an initial course as part of a training that therapists are required on dialectical behavior therapy. And it absolutely clicked and made sense in my mind. And it was interesting. I always considered myself a, a nice person. I became much nicer, much more giving, more centered. And I liked uh, how the therapy was like affecting my own brain. So when I came to Knoxville many years later, I was able to become certified in the uh, therapy and teach it at a, a local hospital here um, in Knoxville. So I taught the, an intensive outpatient program, which at that time was um, five days a week for three hours a day. And so yeah. we, we taught it pretty intensely there at the hospital. And I know that you had been doing dialectical behavior therapy, which normally takes a year to really walk people through as a DBT therapist, that you're teaching them how to be core mindful and how to regulate emotions and, and all those type of things. And you took that and packed it into 20 days, right? <laughs> and, and, and highly effective therapy, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Evidence-based therapy as well, which is important. Yeah, because Marsha did all the research, right? It's evidence-based therapy that, that she made sure she did research. Um, and to put a plug in, she worked with a really, really difficult population that was highly stig stigmatized. Yes. You did not want to be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. It's okay. like then you were like, even the therapist didn't want to see you because of some of the attributes and traits that can come from not regulating your emotions and, and not having regulated thoughts, you know, not being in awareness and being totally reactive with everything, like really impulsive is my understanding of, of some of the borderline traits. And, and also, you know, that high rate of suicide thoughts as well in those clients. And she decided to do research and study as she was you know, giving these, this particular population, the DBT. And I'm so grateful that you brought that out to Knoxville and that I know DBT isn't just in Knoxville, you guys, it is all over the country. It has been showing up in treatment centers. It's been showing up, you know, a lot of um, therapists are really starting to use it, you know, and, and Marsha debunked the idea that borderline personality disorder was something that couldn't be treated. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were really a lot of people that acted like it couldn't be treated. And here she shows up with this, you know, mindfulness and, and emotion regulation and, and making emotions make sense, which I've talked to a lot of my clients about, you know, and, and I remember you teaching me how to teach dialectical behavioral therapy, just so the audience knows that I did um, at the same hospital teach the dual diagnosis room. And I said, I'm taking DBT into dual diagnosis. And that so, you know, Hope warned me that it's not just good for the clients, it's good for the therapist, because the more I taught it, the more everything I had ever been taught made sense to me. It's, it's just so clear. It, it's like a textbook for living, right? <laughs> I, I just found that's absolutely true, Kim, what you said, that life is easier when you live in the moment. It doesn't mean that it's a perfect life. We don't want to say that DBT has anything to do with that, but DBT teaches you that no matter what happens, I can handle it. And when you have that belief 
that you can handle it no matter what. All of a sudden, we just deal with it when it shows up instead of that perpetual worrying, you know, that can come from the uncontrolled mind. It's like, well, when it shows up, I can handle it. But you have to be how to do that. Many of us. Some of us need the help. Yeah. Many of us were not brought up. You know, I, I, I say that I was brought up with the people that worried about everything. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they worried constantly and, and we pick up stuff between the ages of zero and seven. Right. right. Yeah. Well, if you're and, not a good roadmap. Yeah. If you don't have the roadmap, you know, someone forgot to give me the instruction manual on life. And, and then even still I've, I've, had other people come into my life that have decided to go see a DBT therapist, or I've actually integrated dialectical behavior therapy into my coaching practice. <laughs> and, and my clients oh, love, love it. They love, you know, I still do the intuitive coaching, but I bring the dialectical behavior therapy in. And it's amazing that all of us could use a little mental health every now and then. Right. And right. You know- I think that's a really important point that DBT is for everyone. You don't have to have a clinical diagnosis to learn how to regulate some of those emotions and to decrease our impulsivity and our reactivity. I mean, we see it all over the news, you know, impulsive (laughs) and reactive behaviors that make bad situations worse. We get into our emotion mind and what happens? The emotion mind starts running the show. And then we're, we're doing these, you know, people were like, I, I don't understand why people are acting like that. And I, and I looked at them and I said, well, they're in their fear mind. And when we're in our fear mind, we're not making logical decisions. We probably don't even have access to logic mind when we are in that level of fear or stress or anger or whatever it is. Right. Right. And it's hard. It's very hard when those emotions are really washing over us. How do you stop, take a breath, reflect and bring in, you know, a logical thought. That's really difficult to do if you don't know how to do it. And that is why DBT is so incredible and powerful because it teaches you step-by-step how to actually do that process successfully, you know, over and over until it becomes a very- It breaks down the mindfulness. It really broke down emotion regulation to me that, you know, for a long time, I guess I grew up in a family where it was like, you made me feel, right? And then if you look at emotion regulation, and, and, I, and I think this is a lot of law of attraction, if there's law of attraction followers out there as well, Abraham Hicks and changing your life, manifesting that, you know, once you start to be mindfully aware of your thoughts, you can recognize that your thoughts are creating your emotions. And then your emotions become an emotional guidance system that if I'm in that negative emotion, I might want to check my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I love what you said that if you're out there and you've been impulsive and reactive, it's learning how to take that moment to pause and noticing those action urges instead of acting out on them. You know, and I know that helps a lot of people, um, PTSD being a part of that as well, that, you know, there's a lot of skills that need to be learned when you recognize that, oh my God, it's the past that I'm in right? I'm reacting to my past, not to the present moment. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it's a lot of work, DBT, and how effective your life can be because you did the work. Yeah. And, and you just said the thing that just makes me so happy. And I'll share with the audience today that as I started learning dialectical behavioral therapy and learning about it and, and teaching it and getting more and more into mindfulness, it's called the middle path because you start to learn how to walk a middle path. And I think this is for all of us, especially when, when stuff gets stirred up, right? And, and we won't get into it on here, yet everybody knows that you know when politics stuff gets stirred up and there's a lot of like drama that goes on, it's because we're in that all or nothing thinking. And what happens with dialectic, dialectical is both and. Yes. 
right? There's no one right way. There's, you know, two opposing forces that we can hold at the same time. It's a hundred percent accepting yourself and working toward change, right? Right. I like to give the exam. There's a couple examples I like to give when you're having a conversation with someone, I love you and I'm angry. I love you and I'm angry, right? I love you and I can express that I'm feeling hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, you're, you're trying to work on dieting and then someone walks by with a donut and you're like, Ooh, I want that donut. And it's like, well, yeah, there's two things happening at the same time. They're both true. I'm working on losing weight and I want that donut. So (laughs) (laughs) holding it instead of judging, you know, And, and I know one of the premises for all of this is, you know, that all people are doing the best they can, you know, with what they've got. And, and when you start living more mindfully, you're in more awareness and you can make decisions and then not have to beat yourself up later for making that decision. you did the best you could with what you had in that moment. Right. And And that's gone. That's a huge challenge for people, Kim, because they don't know how to stop judging themselves and judging others. And on that note, we're going to come back to that in the next section, because I think that has to do with the stigma and the not getting the help that you need as well is all the judgment that's around all of it, right? We judge ourselves. We judge others. That's beautiful. So hold that thought. We're going to go on a short break and we'll see you soon. Even though your home base is one Enneagram type, you have characteristics of all the types. Tune in to Enneagram Conversations with Renee Siegel, the second and fourth Monday of each month at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn how you can unlock your unlimited potential. Visit YouArePurePotential.com for more about Renee and her work. That's the letter U, the letter R, PurePotential.com. Have you heard about shifting the collective vibration and consciousness on the planet? Join me, Kimberly Barrett, on the Sharing Love and Light show every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern at TransformationTalkRadio.com to explore the depth of vibration and consciousness on our planet and learn how you can shine your love and light. To learn more, visit SharingLoveAndLightShow.com. Can you truly say that you know and love yourself? Corny Cottrell is an author, speaker, and 21-year active duty master chief with the U.S. Navy, here to encourage you to take back your power and live your life with intention and purpose. Tune in to Unapologetically Favored every fourth Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Walk in your purpose. Visit unapologeticallyfavored.com to learn more about Courtney. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Does your life often feel like an emotional tsunami where rogue waves crash down on you, leaving you feeling hopeless and wondering if it will ever end? Do you wish to awaken the dormant strength inside of you? Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Start today by scheduling a complimentary consultation with Martinet. Dive into your healing journey and begin to see your life in a new light. Visit martineemmons.com and make your appointment today. Welcome back, beautiful lights. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show on Transformation Talk Radio. 
Again, I am your guest host, Kimberly Barrett from the Sharing Love and Light show on Transformation Talk Radio. Before we get back to the interview, I want to make sure you know how to reach me. You can reach me through my website. That's sharingloveandlightshow.com, all spelled out. Also, you can reach my guest, Hope Renault, through the website www.themiddlepath.life, L-I-F-E. So let's get back to this interview. I know we were talking about, you see, my brain just went, what were we talking about again? <laughs> we were talking about judgment. And isn't that one of the stigmas that gets in the way is, is the judgment. So Hope, talk about how judgment can block people from getting the help they need and then maybe help our listeners in individually for themselves overcoming that and also how they might be able to help family members with that. Right. Well, I think one of the biggest judgments is what are people going to think about me if they know that I'm going to treatment or if I'm getting therapy or if I ask for help, if I go to the emergency room. Again, all these worries that we create in our mind where my guess would be that most people would be really happy that you reached out and got some help and that you're working on in, you know, improving yourself is, is the thought that I would want to have and that it's, it's more of a strength than a weakness um, to ask for help. But I do think that people judge themselves unmercifully, just beating themselves up and worry and sadness and anger and all these things. And there is such a better way to go about releasing that with a therapist, whether it's dialectical behavior therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, strength-based, all different kinds of therapies are out there and practicing not judging yourself for asking for help. Yeah, that's a big one. And then, you know, if you do have people around you who aren't being supportive of that, what would you suggest to people around that? I would say find somebody that is a friend that can support you and ask, talk to that person and to reach out to that person. Or of course, a professional is not going to judge you as well. So, so letting go of what other people think so that you can get the help you need. Right. I call it stand in your own hula hoop. (laughs) right? Inside my hula hoop is what I have control over. And, and really, I keep thinking of a mutual friend of ours, Shanti, who mm-hmm. teaches Qigong and mindfulness and yoga and that type of stuff. And she always says, there's only three things you have control over. Your conscious thought, so mm-hmm. she does not include subconscious thoughts, only your conscious thought, the words that come out of your mouth, and the conscious breath that you breathe. And that's it. Everything else is outside of your control. That includes anything going on with other people, right? And what an easier way to live if we believe that down to our core, then we can really let go and not worry about other people's judgments. Because do we really know what they're thinking, Kim? No, we can't read each other's minds. (laughs) I like to think I'm a mind reader. And usually (laughs) when I run it by the other person, I'm way off base. (laughs) Yeah, I I usually don't get it right when I'm trying to mind read. Neither, me neither. So yeah, and very important lesson to stop that. To stop the mind reading. And then, you know, Sometimes it's, it's the feelings of not being worthy, not being enough, you know, unlovable. I know in depression, people fall into that unworthiness, right? And that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength to go against that and actually ask for help and go get the help that you need. And, and I had one woman sharing culturally that in her family and culturally in her whole community, you don't ask for mental health. Because what's in the family stays in the family, right? And and that just perpetuates the sickness, right? Yeah. Um, the, The other problem that I think we have, especially right now with the pandemic, is that 
there just are not enough therapists, clinicians, programs out there in the community to help all the people that are coming forward and saying, wow, I'm really experiencing these symptoms either for the first time or I've been triggered um, due to the isolation and the, you know, the mounting fear that's out there. I'm being triggered. Who can I go to? And so many people cannot find resources in their own community. Yeah, because because things are filling up. So hopefully there's people out there who have really work through things and, and are starting to um, step forward and become therapists as well. Right. Um, yeah, hopefully that that'll happen. And, and I know sometimes that stigma, um, how do you help your loved one? Because we are powerless over other people. How can we be supportive and loving and help them overcome that stigma around mental health and, and support them in reaching out for help. Right. Do you have any suggestions? Cause I know you've had friends that, you know, most of your friends have been pretty healthy, right? And, and, and then to have someone reach out to help for you, you know, how do you help them overcome the stigma of, you know, mental health? I think, isn't there another stigma that's sort of like, oh, well, it's mental health you have to be really bad off to want to go get a therapist. Right, right. And I, and I do think that is decreasing, but I was on a call today with a friend concerned about her son. So I do feel like people are, are reaching out um, and are asking for help. So that's a wonderful thing. But I think the most important thing I would say is to create space to listen um, when someone is coming to you and saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling well, or I, I need some help instead of jumping and trying to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Stop sign, stop. stop and listen to what the person has to say, give them an opportunity to speak. And instead of, um, jumping to conclusions, validate that this must be difficult to say to me, or I'm, you know, that it takes a lot of courage to bring this to, to my attention or to our relationship, or this brings me closer to you, knowing that you can reach out to me. Any, any kind of supportive, encouraging, validating words, I think is a great way to start and to let the person know that they're safe. I love that you brought that up because part of intensive outpatient is to have family involvement. Yes. And I know with families, it's really hard to watch someone else go through depression, anxiety, you know, trauma coming up, those type of things, um, panic attacks, you know, watching them go through that. And I know when I did substance abuse treatment, it is really hard to watch people really hit their bottom when they're, when they're in any type of, of addictions, whether it's substance abuse, food, whatever it is to right. watch them in that addiction. And, and I think the, the biggest thing is what you just said is practicing mindful listening. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to think about what I'm going to say, and I'm guilty. Sometimes I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next, right? <laughs> Instead of really mindfully listening and then being able to repeat back what you heard them say. Right. And, and actually validate people's experience, whether you agree with it or not, right. that you're validating them and you're validating their experience. Right. And, and I think that's super hard when you really care about people, because how many of us want to just jump in and fix it? I want to fix that, right? I love that person. I don't want them to suffer. I want to fix it. And everyone that I've talked to that's been in that space where they really need to ask for help, it's so invalidating to not be validated first before the fix it comes, right? So the validation, the listening, the validation first is the best way you can help. And I think that takes the stigma off of it as well. When you're really, when people come to you and they're suffering and you mindfully listen and you validate their experience because they were so worried about what you were going to say how you what were going to think of them and how you're going to respond yeah right, right and so um anything supportive of just even holding space for them 
and just being quiet in the moment and just being present, that alone, fully present without your phone, right? <laughs> Let's say that again, fully present without and the person hasn't even you know yeah. to say um one of the things i'm glad that you mentioned the family education because so many times when we've been running family um the family education nights the the clients will say i've been telling them this i've been telling them this you know this is how i feel it's not you know depression is not an attitude Depression is not something I'm choosing, you know, but when, the, when oftentimes when family members get in front of a professional, they hear it differently. They hear it better. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. yeah. And I love all of that. We're going to need to take one more short break. And when we get back, we'll, we'll wrap up our conversation around taking that stigma out of mental health and some of the best practices we can use in these times. So we'll be right back. You're driven and it totally shows. Your career is taking off, you're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on transformationtalkradio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. It takes courage to step into your calling and go for your dreams. Sabotage monsters can get in your way, preventing you from reaching your potential. You can choose to struggle alone, or you can choose community and support, someone to walk beside you, meeting you where you are. If you are ready to make real and lasting change, Coach Christine Clark is here for you. Find out more about one-on-one coaching and group programs with Coach Christine at sunglowtransformation.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Did you know that each Enneagram type has a different worldview, different patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving? They also have essential qualities that are unique to their type. Understanding this helps us develop more tolerance, respect, and appreciation for ourselves and others. Renee Siegel works with individuals, couples, families, and groups using the Enneagram to build better relationships as a tool in addiction recovery. Visit URPurePotential.com for more info. How many times do you find yourself saying it was nothing or just doing my job when really you knocked it out of the park? How did you get like this? Next time someone tells you great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self and how far you can go by being more you. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show on Transformation Talk Radio. With me, I am your guest host, Kimberly Barrett. And before we get back into the interview with Hope Renault, I want to make sure you know how to reach us. I can be reached through my website, Sharing Love and Light Show, all spelled out.com. And you can reach Hope Renault through themiddlepath.life. So let's get back to this interview. We have been talking about mental health, about the stigmas around mental health, and how we can break through that. 
I know we were just talking about important things for family members who are dealing with um, people who are suffering with mental health and a little bit about how we can help ourselves. So hope we are back. <laughs> We've been talking about dialectical behavioral therapy, mindfulness. I am grateful to you for bringing dialectical behavioral therapy in the town that I lived in. And also that it's just spreading everywhere, right? It's not just in one little place and it's mindfulness, which I talk about often. Mindfulness is paying attention on purpose in the present moment, right? Without judgment, without judging what you're noticing. So we're coming back, Hope. Any um, other thoughts for our listeners about some of the content we've been talking about so far? Well, I know one thing that Marsha Linehan says regarding judgment is if you find yourself judging, don't judge your judging. <laughs> yeah, she does. Um, you're going to notice that your mind is judging and, and literally like, don't judge the judging. Just notice that that's the judging mind. There's the critical mind again. Oh, look, worried mind. <laughs> I often Isn't that interesting? Oh yeah. Look at that. Look, look at where my mind just went. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. Thinking, isn't that interesting? And and we were talking also um, recently about that skill that Marsha Linehan brought in, which is radical acceptance. Oh, I think one. that's a big one because a lot of times it's stuff that we, we don't want to accept. I don't want to accept that I'm feeling really depressed or I don't want to accept the anxiety. I mean, anxiety tells us to avoid, 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 right? Like avoid even noticing you're anxious. Right. Right? <laughs> and, and One of the big comments I've heard from people when they stop uh, that anxiety and start to take control of or over it, they'll say, I'm anxious about not being anxious. Yeah, I'm feeling anxiety when I'm not, not being anxious. <laughs> so we're going to fill it with all the good stuff. Yeah, I haven't been able to do because of the anxiety. So it, it works. It works really well, um, especially to be in a group setting with DBT, to have it the level of intensity that we offer three hours a day, three days a week for six and a half weeks still allows you to learn and integrate it into your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that intensive outpatient program. And then, you know, the other thing is being able to have a therapist that is mindfulness-based or DBT informed, either one, that it's really, really helpful. I was talking to Hope earlier about I worked, this is debunking mental health, is I was working with, um, I was licensed in Kentucky, Arizona, um, not, uh, Tennessee, and Utah. And mm -hmm. so basically I was working with the population 70 and above and teaching them mindfulness skills, right? And, and it's debunking that, that mental health that all of us have thoughts and many of us have trained thoughts and behaviors to worry or to stuff things or, you know, I've, I've seen it either way that with anger, you're either angry all the time and you express your anger and you never like touch fear ever, or you never touch your, your anger, you swallow it down and, and it becomes depression, right? And so to be able to start to really take that stigma out of it and be like, look, sometimes we could get some help. Mindfulness is a huge help with that. There are therapists out there that can help. Dr. Pat and I talked about there are some coaches out there that you know can also help um, life coaches that are able to help people through stuff. There's so much available to us, right? And then Hope's created this beautiful like houses that you go to to get your intensive outpatient where it feels like you're going home to be in therapy. It's like really laid back and, and nice and, and bringing in extra mindfulness as well, right? Yeah. I mean, I think um, one of the things that can be so powerful 
is that people don't know that they can experience their life differently. They don't even know that there is a different way to uh, control your mind and to live with less judgment, to regulate those emotions. I mean, there is another way. And unfortunately, people get to very close to the bottom of how they see their lives before they reach out. And I do think stigma is a huge part of that. Um, so I just want people to know that there is another way. It does take work and it is so rewarding and just um, a more effective way to live your life. And just getting the help you need, right? And I love what you say that um, I know a lot of people in mental health that, and, and we won't get into this in a deep way, but a lot of people, it was basically just give it a pill, give it a pill, give it a pill, give it a pill, and you're going to get better. And, and I, you know, there's a lot of people that were finding that that isn't the only solution that can be a piece of the solution, but that's right. not the only solution. And, and I just remember watching you teach once and, and I remember you standing up there and you said, come on with depression, medication can help for sure, but there's two other things you're missing. Yes. You got to get moving. So exercise, get active. And then there's the part of changing the mind, becoming mindfully aware of the thoughts that create depression and starting to shift them. And I know that we're moving more and more into those energies of people waking up and finding, wow, when I become aware of my thoughts, I can actually start to retrain my brain. And, and, and we're seeing that more and more. Right. Not, and then now you're catching them as kids. What were you going to say? Sorry. I say, no, I was just saying, and don't be afraid of those thoughts. A thought is just a thought. It's not reality. You are not your thoughts. You yeah. are not your emotions, right? That's the other thing I love about DBT. You are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. So hope, tell us just one thing you'd like to leave us with before we completely wrap up here. Well, just going off of what you were just saying about those three things, um, one of the messages that I love to send out to our clients who come in is if, you're as if your medication is PRN, right, which means as needed, that we want to use skills, DBT skills before the pills. Yes, right? skills before the pills. And, and, and our mutual friend, Michelle, used to say, more skills, less pills. Yeah, right? and, and notice it's not no pills, right? Sometimes it's necessary, and yet we can really we can really move on. So thank you all for listening. We are going to close it up. If you're listening on Facebook Live or watching this on YouTube, please click the like and subscribe button and leave us a comment so we know you're here. The next episode of Sharing Love and Light Show will be on the first Thursday in January. So save the date for January 6, 2022, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. I know Dr. Pat will be back at least next week. Um, happy holidays and happy new year. We will see you next year. Thank you, Hope. <laughs>